Hey everyone, it's Lindsay Rhodes, and I've got a new podcast, The NFL Road Show. Fun and kind of nerdy conversation about the NFL every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. I've got some amazing guests that are joining me. I'll be breaking the huddle with the top stories, previewing games. We'll get you set for the weekend fantasy with our Fantasy Friday episodes, and we'll answer some of your questions as well. So subscribe to the NFL Roadshow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Dynasty Tradecast on Rotoviz Radio, brought to you by our good friends over at Blue Wire, NFL Roads, as you just heard, Indeed, and Bet Online on Rotoviz Radio, folks. We're on Rotoviz Radio, like the like they always say, uh, week week fifteen. It's in the books, folks. Wrap it up, put it in a bow, put it under the Christmas tree. It's done. And uh, how's it how was your playoffs, Dan? Well, I, I've got a couple that are still uh, kind of in limbo. A few that were decided pretty quickly in the week. I've got one very important one where I could be playing you. We could have an all-trade cast final in the good old Kadoosh 27 league. High stakes in that one. Lots and lots of money being thrown around. And uh, I'm confirmed in the in the title game. We're waiting to see if uh, if Nathan or our good friend John's going to be in there. So um, it, it's exciting times. Everybody's everybody's kind of at the the tail end of the playoffs here. I know some are already done. Some people start their their playoffs early. Um, but uh, heading into championship week, it's it's always exciting if you've got a team or two alive. Obviously, uh, a lot of bragging rights to be had, some cash to be had, and. And it's almost Christmas, so it's a beautiful time of year. I, I will say, uh, we're recording this on December 21st, uh, one week ago, the craziest thing in my fantasy football career happened one week ago today. I espoused on this podcast about how poorly my week 14 went, how I had <laughs> lost every single matchup that I had for the week. I had eight playoff teams, and I had said that seven of them had lost their first round matchup. Well, I was proven incorrect later that night, um, and I was proven incorrect on the final play. The Browns, the Browns hook and ladder play. Kareem Hunt caught the ball and then for- laddered it backward. If he had not been the first person to catch that ball, I would have lost that game. Now, this doesn't have a happy ending because I I ended up losing this week anyways in that league. Oh but, no! But. That one Kareem Hunt catch did get me a trip to, to the third place game. <laughs> wow. Well, I mean, you got you got something, I suppose. That's that's better than a sharp stick in the eye, I guess. <laughs> yeah, that was one of the more wild experiences I've ever seen because we I, MFL was like slow to like process like how that play was, like what happened and where where you put the points. And I was like, oh my goodness, like am I gonna win on this? <laughs> yeah, I had two two last week that that knocked me out. One was. Well, they're the same instance, but different players. Uh, Lamar Jackson touchdown pass to Hollywood Brown last week. And then so 
the per one one league the person had Lamar Jackson, and that put them up by one point five points. And the uh, I think it was a forty four yard touchdown catch for for Marquise Brown in what was essentially garbage time ended up uh, costing me the matchup by point two four. So that one was a uh, that was a fun one. All righty. While we are done, while we're talking about our playoffs, let's get into some news and notes. This guy, we have talked about this player every single week so far this uh, in the last three weeks, and it, we're going to continue with Jalen Hurts. He is taking the fantasy world by storm. Not exactly surprisingly, like it, it's weird that I'm not surprised about what we've seen from Hurts, but also his value has skyrocketed, and. Jalen Hurts is now the quarterback of the future in Philadelphia. Like over the last couple weeks, it's been like, okay, maybe he's the quarterback of the future. He is the quarterback. He's definitely the quarterback of the future with that performance uh, this past week against the Arizona Cardinals. And it's going to be fantasy goodness for uh, for us. Uh, I think that he's going to play his way into that low end. Low end QB one might be a little bit of a stretch, but high end. He's going to play his way into the high end QB two conversation. Well, what is your takeaway from from Hurts' last performance? I mean, I don't think low end QB one is is a stretch even in the at the least. We were ready to put Carson Wentz in like a top three spot after after he was drafted and had one good game. So uh, I think I think the the big rushing upside that we've talked about is going to lock Jalen Hurts in as a top twelve quarterback. Uh, at least in the very, very near future. He definitely could go higher than that if he continues to progress as a passer, still not super efficient, um, but did he, he did a lot with, with a little and uh, against a halfway decent Arizona defense. So the rushing uh, rushing still there. I mean, he still had 11 carries, put up 60 yards, need to get that touchdown uh, this week on the ground as well. So three through the air, one on the ground. That's a that's a really solid performance again against a, a what should be a pretty good uh, Cardinals defense. And last week, you know, he he did it against New Orleans. So back to back weeks, he's showing up and and doing some things, in like an impressive nature. Something something we wouldn't really expect a quarterback to be able to do in this setting. Yes, you have Miles Sanders, but you don't really have any pass catchers aside from Dallas Goddard. We still don't really know what Jalen Rager is going to be. Otherwise, it's guys like Greg Ward and uh, Quez Watkins or whatever that guy's name is. I, it just, it, it to me, it, it seems inevitable now that Hertz kind of has that Dak Prescott type career arc. Uh, I mentioned that before. That's kind of what I saw as the college guy coming into the pros, similar draft capital. Um, you know what what seemed like kind of gamer types in in college always you know always ready to go and obviously we saw it with Hertz on a much bigger stage playing for national championships rather than uh just in you know some big SEC games like Dak Prescott but yeah I this one to me I, I feel like he's gonna get into that Dak Prescott territory he's he's gonna fight his way up to find the, the Kyler Murray the Deshaun Watson the Dak Prescott he's gonna find his way into that range I think sooner rather than later if he continues to do this, now he's got a uh, a cupcake week sixteen opponent here. Um, he should be able to shred Dallas, and then week seventeen we'll get to kind of see uh, at least another formidable opponent. You know, he, he had two back to back decent showings, definitely on the ground. 
against New Orleans and Arizona. Hopefully we see him shred Dallas and just kind of further plant, you know, his foot <laughs> directly up Carson Wentz's butt, I guess. Um, it, it's, yeah, it, I think it's going to be fun to watch. He's, he's definitely, he's definitely here to stay. Yeah, for sure. I, I think he's going to be one of the more intriguing guys to watch in early startups or early mock drafts in January, just to see where he falls, especially in those super flex drafts. Cause it's weird for a guy who is a young quarterback who's been playing well. It's still a little bit of the job security is a little bit of a question because he could lose his job to Wentz if he plays poorly. He could lose his job to elsewhere because he is a second round pick and those guys aren't guaranteed, you know, future jobs. But if he plays well the rest of the season, he is, you know, all but guaranteed that position. Now let's move on to a guy who's fighting for a position and that's one Marcus Mariota. Derek Carr had a groin injury, which gave Marcus Mariota. I, I tell you what, it, if you would have told me in you know June, July that Marcus Mariota wouldn't take a snap until week 15, I would have said the Raiders are doing something wrong. Because I would have thought that Mariota would have gotten a shot earlier this season. I know he was hurt, but <laughs> honestly, I would have gotten him involved way before this as soon as he got healthy. And he got 88 rushing yards and a touchdown, along with 226 and a touchdown through the air. And... He just showed that, like, he's just better than Derek Carr. And Derek <laughs> Carr isn't good. I'm not saying Marcus Mariota is the future. He's not a guy you're going to want to sign to a long-term deal or, any, or anything right now. But he at least shows something. Something that gets you excited from a fantasy perspective, but also something that gets you excited from an NFL perspective. Well, the thing with Mariota, too, for the, for the longest time had been his health. Could he stay healthy? Could he stay on the field? Well, now we have healthy Marcus Mariota in what should be a plus situation, and he thrives. Yeah, it's one game, but still, I mean, he looked good. He was ready to go, and I've never been a Derek Carr fan. I think he's played fine over the last few years, but there's so much upside with Marcus Mariota, and he's only 27 years old, and now he's healthy. So, yeah, he's probably not the future for the Raiders or, you know, really anyone at this moment, but he's definitely a starter in this league. If Teddy Bridgewater is a starter, Marcus Mariota is most definitely a starter. Those are two guys I, I like a lot. You know, Marcus brings a little bit different things to the table, obviously that running ability, but he, he's not an elite passer, but we've seen the league transition, you know, from, big-time, elite-only, massive-arm passers to great athletes that can throw the ball a little. And if you can get them to be okay at throwing the ball, you've got yourself a big-time winner. Deshaun Watson isn't an amazing quarterback uh, from you know the pocket perspective. You get him with the built-in rushing ability. Same thing with Kyler Murray. Baker Mayfield is even a, a loose example of that. He's someone that can be mobile, that kind of has a little bit of Johnny Manziel to him without the off the field, you know, <laughs> idiosyncrasies. And I feel like Marcus Mariota fits that mold. He's, he is 27, but that's not old for quarterbacks. And he does have the injury history, but he's healthy right now. Uh, I would like to see him finish the season for the Raiders. I don't know what the timeline is on Derek Carr, but I feel like, the Raiders are so much more versatile with Marcus Mariota. And I think most teams would be, obviously you're taking out guys like Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, you know, Josh Allen. He's not going to help those 
offenses, but there's plenty of offenses that could use someone with his abilities. Yeah, for sure. And and from, from a fantasy perspective, it's all about if he's going to get the opportunity. And uh, Gruden came out and said after the game that it was a, a 50-50 chance that Carr would not play the following week. And then Derek Carr went whining to the media saying, no, it's a 70-30 chance that I play. Um, so uh, <laughs> so I'm guessing that Derek Carr is going to work his way back into the lineup. But this isn't the last time, and I know there's only two weeks left in the season. This isn't the last time we see Mariota this season. He's going to at least get some packages, some, you know, maybe a drive or two, and, you know, get an opportunity to show why he's the better quarterback in Las Vegas. But like Winston, I believe he only signed a one-year deal. Uh, So, you know, he has the opportunity to go elsewhere, you know, a number of QB openings this offseason. I'm not sure Mariota's going to get handed a day one starting job or a long-term starting job. But, you know, he might go to a similar situation that he did this year, but have a better coach than John Gruden to figure it out. Very, very, very true. And before we hop into our our next player, we just want to make sure to remind you guys, Rotoviz, the subscriptions right now are 10% off. Got to get over there. Make sure you get yourself one of those wonderful Christmas gifts by joining us, joining the team. It helps support us. It helps support the site. Everybody else that's involved. Um, you know, we greatly appreciate anything that you do, but definitely hop in while you can get a, a discount on the subscription, rotaviz.com forward slash podcast, and get yourself some 10% off on uh, on all of the content that we provide there that's behind the paywall. And uh, if you just want to listen to us here, that's great too, but uh, we would really love to have you on the, on the team. And staying with the Las Vegas Raiders, they're happy to have Darren Waller on that team because that man puts up ridiculous fantasy points. He scored what the kids call 34.5 fantasy points in tight end premium leagues, and he has scored 51, 18, and 34 in the last three weeks. Not bad, along with a 25-point performance a few weeks ago. So Waller's been putting up some big numbers as of late, and it doesn't matter whether it's Derek Carr or Marcus Mariota or Marcus Tuiasosopo. Um <laughs> I have been a, a Tuiasa Sopo reference. All right. Okay. <laughs> I have been a longtime doubter of Darren Waller because I, you know, am an idiot. <laughs> um, and I, I tend to have my man crushes on my first round early draft capital tight ends. Um, but Darren Waller is saying stick your draft capital where the sun doesn't shine because he's just going to be a top three, top four tight end for the next few years. Yeah, I mean, and I, I probably on the opposite side of you. I loved him coming out of college, uh, out of Georgia Tech. I, I genuinely did. I know he, he slid to like the sixth round, but dude's got baseball mitts for hands. Just absolutely massive. I, I remember that being part, like a big part of, I think it had a write-up uh, with a, whatever site at the time about Darren Waller. He was one of my prospect profiles. And I I fell in love with the prospect. I saw a lot of things to like from Georgia Tech. Obviously made the transition from wide receiver into tight end. But we see the big move tight ends now that, that you know, when you've got someone that's 6'6", 250, that can do the things he can do and, and catch the ball the way he does, that's a problem. And, and it's going to be a problem for a while. He's 28. We're, we're in the prime years of, of tight end. Probably have quite a while left uh, here in the tank, too. So the Raiders seem to love to use him. And, you know, he came off of a really nice year last year with 90 catches over 1,100 yards. Didn't have the touchdowns, 
last year, but we're seeing uh, regression to the mean here with eight on the season in 2020. So I do think he's pretty much solidified in, in the top half of your tight end rankings, whatever way you cut it. Obviously, you're going to have Kelsey up there, Kittle. Guys like Mark Andrews are probably, just because he's a little bit younger, maybe just in front of, but I mean, Darren Waller's got to be in your top five or top six. The question is, is where do we put Kyle Pitts when Kyle Pitts becomes a pro? Yeah, and the youth chaser slash draft capital me is going to put Kyle Pitts over Darren Waller. But that's going to be a mistake for at least a year or two. But that's not really how dynasty rankings work anyways. Um, so, yeah, I I think that, you know, Waller has proven, like, no matter who's a quarterback in Las Vegas, he is the de facto number one weapon. It's not Henry Ruggs. It's not whoever else they have at receiver there. Uh, Darren Waller is the number one target there. Well, and that's the thing, too, is, you know, people ask the question, well, what happens if they draft another wide receiver in the first round or or they go get a, a big-time free agent or maybe Henry Ruggs does become something or Brian Edwards becomes something? Darren Waller is such a great security blanket for these quarterbacks, whether it's Derek Carr, maybe Marcus Mariota re-signs, and now he becomes his, uh, you know, quote-unquote binky, as he's been referred to. He's going to be a part of this offense. It'd be just the same thing as if they if they brought in another running back and we all thought that Josh Jacobs lost his job. It's not how it's going to work. He's probably going to be the main target or essentially the wide receiver, too, in this offense. If they do try to go get a big-time wide receiver, whether it be in free agency or we do have another strong draft class in 2021 as well. So we could see them add someone alongside Henry Ruggs in the wide receiver room, but Darren Waller most definitely is uh, is going to be a part of this offense for at least the next handful of years, if not longer, depending on health and longevity. But yeah, I mean, we've, we're talking about a top five tight end for sure. All righty, let's move on to another man who's making a vie for being a top five tight end, but might be a little bit premature, and that is one Logan Thomas. He has 60 catches for 570 receiving yards and five touchdowns on the season, had another big game this past week. He has had a big stretch as of late. Once again, tight end premium score in the last four weeks, 15, 29, 13, 29. Those are some big numbers from a guy who, you know, we've always kind of considered a bit of a project a guy who, you know, had has some upside, but don't really see the consistency. Now he's shown the consistency, even with Alex Smith and Dwayne Haskins at quarterback. So this is another guy. He is a little bit on the older side at 29 years old, but he's playing. And we talked about, I believe it was last week about why he should be considered for a possible top 10 tight end spot. Yeah, I think you do have to have Logan Thomas in that conversation as well. Um, with the QB carousel going on in Washington right now, and us never really knowing who's going to be under center any given week, he's pretty much done nothing but perform. He's he's had a very nice floor for targets. He's been pretty darn efficient, again, for the most part, aside from maybe a couple Kyle Allen weeks or um, the transition off of Dwayne Haskins. But Haskins has seemed to be pretty good for for um, Logan Thomas's value and for his production. So, I, I mean, I don't really think it's going to matter. I do think Logan Thomas, again, very much like Darren Waller, has a role in this offense. Now, I don't think the offense is going to lean as much on him. Obviously, they love what they have in Antonio Gibson. You have a, a rising superstar in Terry McLaurin. And there's still potential in guys like Kelvin Harmon 
who who could come back from injury next year and 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 maybe become that wide receiver too in that offense that they so desperately need. But Logan Thomas, again, like I said, like Darren Waller, is going to be that security blanket for whoever the quarterback is, whether it's a rookie quarterback, whether it's Alex Smith, whether it's Dwayne Haskins. It's it's almost inevitable that he plays a part. He's been a favorite of a lot of people for a long time as that kind of sleeper guy. And even coming out of Virginia Tech, there was a lot of people that thought he could have been you know, a, a top one or two tight end in his class. And nothing just really ever panned out. We haven't really get to gotten to see him much uh, until we get to see him in Detroit a little bit uh, last year. And now this year, finally starting to to kind of show out and and really starting to perform, especially the last month or so. So I, I think we can we can officially put Logan Thomas in that tight end one discussion, even though he is uh, 29, I think going on. Did he just turn 29? This is his year 29 season, that's all I know. Okay, so he'll be 30 in July, but we've got plenty of 30-year-olds in the tight end ranks uh, and guys that can go until 35, 36. So it may still be a great time to go out and try to buy Logan Thomas. People are valuing him as a mid-tight end, too, which I think most probably are. I think he's a really nice buy. I'd rather have him over guys like Cole Komet or Tyler Higby. Even guys like Hayden Hurst that are still fringe tight end ones for some reason. I, I think I'm taking Logan Thomas there. Yeah, I'd agree. I mean, he, basically, Hayden Hurst and Logan Thomas are the same person. Logan <laughs> Thomas true. is doing is doing more right now. Yeah. Um, but I, I will say, uh, you know, talk about going for a buy. What if we're talking about like, a straight rookie pick, and you know the rookie pick right now? What's the highest rookie pick you'd give up for Logan Thomas? Are we assuming tight, tight end premium? Yeah. Yeah, twelve team tight end premium. Um. Probably like a late two, uh, a mid two. I don't know if that gets him. It probably does in in a team that's pretty stacked at tight end. I think a mid two definitely gets him. I think I think late two is where you're like, but maybe a late two and a four. Yeah, I mean, I would trade him for a late two personally, just because I, you know, there we we talk about you know certain players, how many players are worth X amount. There's not that many tight ends that are worth more than a second, right? (laughs) Or or worth a second even. Yeah. There's probably like 14 tight ends in the NFL that are worth a second round pick. And it's another thing we've talked about a million times. It's sinking value into a position that has so much turnover and no consistency aside from those top couple. Um, you know, and a late two or an early three, if you're able to get in for that price, that's not a ton of value, but there are still so many hits when you're talking about a, a top 30 pick in in rookie drafts that, Sometimes it can be difficult to justify going out and paying for a position or a player that you may not need and just trying to add depth. And if you are a contender, great. Trade your late two for, for Logan Thomas. If you need a tight end or you need a little bit of insurance, I think that's a great move to make. All right, let's wrap up the news and notes section with a quick talk of we had some major news uh, Sunday evening in the fact that the Jets won a football game. <laughs> and that resulted in some flip of draft position due to uh, some certain uh, schedules, tiebreakers. The Jaguars now hold the number one pick and the Jets hold the number two pick, and which would slate Trevor Lawrence to be a Jaguar and most likely Justin Fields. There's some talk of Panay Sewell and there's some talk of uh, – What's his name? Wilson. Um, not Brian Wilson. What's his name? Zach. Zach Wilson. There you go. <laughs> Zach Wilson uh, to the Jets. But 
or, you know, as the number two quarterback. But I will say from a dynasty slash dev perspective, this is a boost for one Trevor Lawrence. I'll take DJ Chark and I'll take, um, you know, the rest of what they have in Jackson, uh, James Robinson over what they have with the Jets as well as the, and I know both these teams have second, they have two first round picks. So I'm going to guess that who, Honestly, both of these teams might go quarterback wide receiver or quarterback tight end. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I guess for my sake or or maybe everyone's sake is that if the Jets do hold on to that number two spot, because even Adam Gase, <laughs> can't, he can't even lose correctly. I think he just tried to outcoach Sean McVay to prove a point and maybe to keep his job for another extra minute or two, even though that should have been the thing that got him fired is winning that game when they had to clear his path to the best quarterback prospect we've ever seen. But my hope is that they fall in love with someone that shouldn't belong it to, and they draft that person instead of ruining Justin Fields. That's the only thing I have going for me right now. <laughs> I hope they draft Sam Howell. That would be fantastic, mostly because it Sam, rhymes Sam, with Nathan Powell. Sam Howell's not in this draft class. I know. that's It's an Adam Gase thing. Okay. Uh, <laughs> what that yeah. means, I'm sure. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, I would just hope that they try to get someone that isn't Justin Fields. Maybe they do something even dumber and trade back and and try to get into one of the mid-tier quarterbacks, slide into a, like Mac Jones or something. I, I don't know why they would do that, but it's the Jets. <laughs> we, we never really know what they're going to do. So I think if we get Trevor Lawrence to the Jags, that that could be massive. For everyone's value, I think I think that mostly will solidify someone like James Robinson as an RB one, honestly, because if they're if they're hopefully not going to sink big costs into another running back, knowing that James Robinson was very good this year for them, and then you bring in again the best quarterback prospect we've ever seen, pair him with James Robinson with DJ Chark. Who knows what else they'll do at wide receiver. I would assume they'll still roll with guys like Colin Johnson. LaVisca Chenault has been pretty good. Um, But I could definitely see them adding another wide receiver, whether it be the second or third round. So I think we can see this offense transform almost instantly with that addition. And uh, we save ourselves from, from Lawrence getting to the Jets. But then... We risk who I think potentially has more upside in Justin Fields. We risk losing him to the Jets. All righty. So before we get into some keep trade drop, 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 keep trade drop. Before we get to keep trade drop, let's talk about our friends over at Indeed. 2020 has already reshaped how we work and it's almost over. Businesses across the globe are challenged to be their most efficient, which means every hire is critical. Indeed is here to help. Indeed is the number one job site in the world with more total visits than any other job site according to Comscore. Indeed helps you find quality candidates quickly so you can focus on hiring the person you need to keep your business going. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need, you can pause your account at any time, and there are no long-term contracts. And now Indeed's new way of matching you with candidates instantly delivers a short list of quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job criteria, and you can contact them the moment you sponsor a job 
making Indeed the only job site that can move as fast as you do. 73% of online job seekers in the U.S. are visiting Indeed each month, according to Comscore. So it's clear Indeed can help you get the quality hire that you need. That's why more than 3 million businesses worldwide use Indeed for hiring. And right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. That's B-L-U-E-W-I-R-E. Offer valid through December 31st. Terms and conditions apply. Football, football, football is back in full swing. It's almost over, folks. Just a couple more weeks of the regular season. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From games, present totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, division, and championship features all day, every day. Head to Bet Online today and take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. Don't forget to use the promo code BLUEWIRE, B L U E W I R E, at betonline.ag. That's Blue Wire, all one word. Bet online. Your online sportsbook experts. Keep trade drop. Keep trade drop. Keep trade drop. All right, let's run through these real quick because um, we ran a little bit long on our news and notes. Keep trade drop. We have we're gonna do quarterback, running back, wide receiver, tight end. Um, we might cut tight end because we always do that at the end. Yeah, <laughs> no one needs tight end. No one came here for tight end talk. And we already talked about two tight ends today. True, but, true. But here we go. Keep trade drop. We have the breakout performance of Jalen Hurts, Tua Tagovailoa, and uh, Baker Mayfield. Tua Tagovailoa. All right. Um, so this one, this one's interesting because I really, really love Tua. Uh, I was a big fan of Baker when he was coming out, and I've really liked what I've been seeing of late. I, I do think that Baker is is maybe turning a corner along with Kevin Stefanski and that entire offense, because we've seen Cleveland be kind of what we had hoped Cleveland would be with, I don't know, maybe Odell Beckham Jr. I don't know if anybody remembers that guy, but those two are are guys that I really like. Jalen Hurts was someone that I thought had real potential. Um, I continuously will comp him to Dak Prescott because I I feel like I see very similar players, even though Hurts uh, is a much more prolific runner. So there's, there's a lot of upside there immense upside with Tua, assuming health, assuming Miami continues to build strongly around him like they have been doing. Um, So this one, I think I'm probably going to trade Tua. I feel like he's got the most trade value. Um, While he does have probably somewhat similar upside, uh, or maybe not that big of a fall off to Baker and Tua, or not Baker and Tua, Baker and uh, Hertz. And I think... I'm probably going to I'm going to keep Hurts. And that maybe isn't the brightest move here, but I've really liked what I've seen thus far and I do think that he's got a, a bright fantasy future. And um you know, Baker Baker we've seen the lows. Uh that's a scary time. Low, low, bad Baker is not not a Baker I'm interested in. We haven't seen bad Hurts yet. Even though he was not great at Alabama, so um, I'm gonna I'm gonna say I'm gonna keep Hurts, trade to a drop Baker. 
And for me, I am definitely, I'll, I'll start us off with this. I'm going to trade Hertz because the Twitter sphere slash dice community, I feel like anytime Tua or Baker have a poor game, Twitter loves to like, oh, this guy shouldn't be a starter. This guy has the lowest QBR, the lowest whopper, you know, whatever metric you can use to show that Tua or Baker have a bad game, the Twitter uses it. So I'm going to take advantage of Jalen Hurts' big game. I'm going to trade him. And I'm going to keep Baker Mayfield. Wow. Um, I'm going to keep Baker here. Uh, Like you've said, we've seen – better baker over the last few weeks and he did get burned by he played in like a snowstorm for like three straight weeks and then (laughs) and that kind of like destroyed his season stats and then i'm going to uh drop to a once a set once again i feel like twitter hasn't been giving Tua enough credit for his good games and they've been killing him for his okay to bad games but here you are dropping him unacceptable (laughs) It's only because of Twitter, though, because if it was market value talking, if it, if there, if it weren't for market value, I would trade Tua and, and drop Hurts. That's fair. And let's move to the running back position. We have keep trade drop David Montgomery, J.K. Dobbins, James Robinson. David Montgomery has been surging as of late, surging. And guess what? I'm still going to cut him. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still going to cut him. Uh, I got to keep some J.K. Dobbins. Uh, we, we talk about over and over. We talked about the spike to Miles Sanders with Jalen Hurts uh, at quarterback. J.K. Dobbins, eventually when the Ravens stop putting their head up their butt and and they using Gus Edwards, once they give Dobbins a full-time job, it's going to be fruitful for one J.K. Dobbins. So I'm keeping him. I'm trading James Robinson because, you know, I just prefer Dobbins. And he has the – I would say he has the most dynasty value of this group. And Montgomery, while he has been very good – Twitter slash dice community still doesn't love him after a poor rookie season. Well, yeah, but what about the one graphic from ESPN where he had the, the athleticism of Saquon Barkley or of Sony Michelle and the feet of Le'Veon Bell and, and like, (laughs) my, my, my favorite part of that graphic is it shows the life of a running back. All those running backs, except for Saquon are bad now. They're all bad. Yeah, the athleticism of Sony Michelle, I think, is my favorite part of that because he's like he was the least athletic guy on that list. Um, I too am cutting David Montgomery, but for different reasons. I think Tariq Cohen coming back in 2021 uh, is going to be a problem for David Montgomery. As good as he's been, Tariq Cohen had a role in the offense before going down, and it was it was a pretty big role. He wasn't getting a ton a ton of carries, but he was taking enough work that Montgomery just wasn't really in a bell cow situation or a really great chance to succeed. Uh, we have seen Chicago's offense look better, I guess, uh, over over the course of the season. They're starting to kind of figure things out, but I still I, I prefer the other two here, uh, just generally speaking, but I, I do think Tariq Cohen is going to be a problem for David Montgomery. Uh, I, like you, I, I just prefer J.K. Dobbins here. However, I think the community also prefers J.K. Dobbins. So I think I would just cash out on the value, even though we really haven't seen the peak, and I don't think we will for a little while because Baltimore is uh, obsessed with Gus Edwards, like you mentioned, uh, and even randomly still using Mark Ingram. So I'm going to trade J.K. Dobbins and lean on Trevor Lawrence to to bring James Robinson to 
uh, to Valhalla. You know, I, I think I think we can see pretty consistent numbers from James Robinson. He's looked, I mean, he's looked the part all season with pretty shoddy play up and down for that offense. He's been the one consistent piece. Uh, obviously, he's not putting up you know Barry Sanders numbers or anything like that. But this is a rookie season for someone that that no one really expected to to happen. So uh, I'm going to keep James Robinson here. All righty. That's, that's a, a decent take here with that offense. Could be a very good young offense as soon as September of next year. Next, we have the wire receiver position. Uh, this was a fun one to put together. We have the breakout season of one Corey Davis. We have the consistency of Robert Woods. And we have the injury of Cortland Sutton. Yeah, this is this is three guys I, I really actually do like a lot um, with three pretty different storylines. You know, Robert Woods, the forever undervalued, super consistent, whether it be Buffalo, whether it be L.A. Uh, he just always seems to put up numbers and, and never really gets the appreciation for it. So um, that one might end up being the keep for me just because I don't think you're getting the value that he's actually worth, even though he is a little bit older. Um, Corey Davis would be my trade. I love Corey Davis, but the way he's been performing, uh, his value has spiked. And, and I mean, it's definitely worth the value at this point. I just think I can get the most in a trade for Corey Davis right now. Uh, it would pain me to move him, but I think it's the right move. And unfortunately, I think I have to drop Cortland Sutton. Uh, injury didn't help his cause, but also them adding Jerry Judy and Noah Fant being a real thing. I, I just don't love the prospects of him coming back to an offense for whoever is leading the charge to get enough volume out for all three of those guys to be relevant and whatever they do in the backfield. I mean, that's another piece of the pie that's going to be missing. So I I'm a little worried for Cortland Sutton. Uh, as from a volume perspective, he's still going to be a very good player. I just I think he's going to be one of those guys that ends up being a very good NFL player, but not quite the fantasy asset that we look for. And I will keep Robert Woods, you know, forever un undervalued. You can't trade him. Any, any anyone who has ever traded Robert Woods undersold. He's literally <laughs> never been oversold. So I'm gonna keep Robert Woods here, and I'm gonna sell. Cortland Sutton. I'm going to trade Cortland Sutton here. I don't think Corey Davis's value has caught up to his season. Like, and I, I think that if you ask this keep trade drop in January, after people are like, okay, like let's look, okay, Corey Davis finished at the wide receiver 14 or wherever he's at. Like that's when his his value is going to you know hike up to being like a fourth or fifth round startup pick. It's not there yet though. I don't think so. I think Cortland Sutton is still living off of his, some of his you know breakout performances. And people, you know, play with the whole you can't lose value due to injury. Da, da. Uh, so, yeah, I'm, I'm going to keep Woods, trade Sutton, drop Davis. But I won't I wouldn't be doing this in as short as a month's time. That makes sense. I think that's fair. And for everyone's favorite position, everyone's favorite topic, we will close out with a little bit of tight end keep trade drop. Our list goes as such. Darren Waller, Noah Fant or TJ Hawkinson. This this is a, a tough one because I just did I, I just you know fifteen minutes ago admitted defeat on one Darren Waller how I'm always wrong on him one hundred percent of the time and my brain is telling me to drop him here um, 
I'm not going to though. I don't think I can. Wow. I don't think I can. I, it's a weird spot. I I will say uh, it's a weird spot. I'll, I'll keep I'll keep Waller. I'll trade Fant and I'll drop Hawkinson. I love Hawkinson, but I think people are valuing Fant higher. Uh, I I think to me in my brain that might be backwards. I feel like T.J. Hawkinson carries a ton, a ton, a ton of name value and draft capital value, and for some reason think Detroit are going to use a tight end at some point value. Um, I'm I'm trading T.J. Hawkinson. I think this one's pretty clear to me. I just I, I feel like he's he's going to get you the most value relative to production. I'm going to be keeping Noah Fant. I think Noah Fant it might be the best actual tight end in the NFL. We just aren't, haven't seen him either at 100% or with a full workload. When we've seen him performing, he has been almost unmatched. You know, it's hard to hard to put him in the same category with someone like Travis Kelsey when you have Patrick Mahomes. Um but I mean, he's he's just as good, if not better, than George Kittle in my eyes. I, I feel like he's he is the best move tight end in the league. Travis Kelsey may be slightly more well rounded, uh, and George Kittle is just a WWE superstar. So uh, I'll be keeping Noah Fant here, and unfortunately, uh, I don't want to do it because I do think he belongs in this conversation. But at 28, I mean, that's five years of production. I'm I'm gaining. On, on Noah Fant. Um, I love Darren Waller, but yeah, unfortunately in this category, he's got to go. And with that said, uh, Deontay Johnson just scored a touchdown, so I'm going to go cry into a puddle. Oh, no. Um, uh, I, I have eight more points of cushion. I don't love that with the half left to go. So hopefully uh, he didn't get those eight points, and I'm rejoicing as you're listening to this podcast. Any last words, Dan? As long as the last three or four touchdowns that the Steelers get are to Juju, we'll be good. (laughs) All righty. That should wrap us up for this evening. Uh, Appreciate you guys listening. Make sure to uh, use promo code 23RVRADIO to get your road of a subscription. Put that in the stockings. Put that under the tree. Get it going. Support the podcast. 10% off. Do what you got to do. Kadoosh!